All right, well, this is a little bit different this morning. Um, I've got a couple, couple thoughts I wanna share from the scripture, but this is a little bit more of kind of a family meeting style today. I just wanna talk to you guys about where we're at, where we're headed the next little bit. Um, there's plenty that we don't know. <laughs> there's some things that we do know, and so we just wanna invite all of you guys into this. So um, as a launching off point, um, we've, we started in the book of Ezekiel this week in our reading, and man, I came to, to the middle, almost the end here of Ezekiel chapter seven, and it just felt like he was looking at our situation today. I mean, it was, it was stunning to me. I mean, the scripture does that often, right, where it speaks to the moment, but God's truth speaks across time. And so I just felt like the prophet Ezekiel was describing where we are at. So let's start by looking at this together. Ezekiel chapter seven, verses 25 through the first half of 27. When anguish comes, they will seek peace, but there shall be none. Disaster comes upon disaster and rumor follows rumor. I mean, man, doesn't that just capture it? Like there's real things that are happening that are troubling and heartbreaking and difficult. And then there's the noise that just piles on top of it and produces more fear, more anxiety, more concern about where we are. And so he says in, in this season of disaster upon disaster, rumor following rumor, he's talking about God's people here and he says, they seek a vision from the prophet. So they're looking for specific direction. In this craziness, what do we do? And they're looking for the voice of God to give clear, specific direction. What does Ezekiel say? <clears throat> they're seeking this vision from a prophet while the law perishes from the priest and counsel from the elders. The idea is God's people know what his word says, and they're being taught by the priests. And they've got the wisdom and the counsel of their elders, and they've neglected it. The people have neglected God's word. They've let it fall to the ground. They've neglected the leadership of their elders, and then they're wondering why they don't have clear vision in the moment to know what to do. Verse 27, the king mourns, the prince is wrapped in despair, and the hands of the people of the land are paralyzed by terror. We don't know what to do, we don't know what to think. There's confusion from our leaders. And the symptom, Ezekiel puts his finger on the symptom, is we have neglected what we know is right and good. We've neglected to look to God and to his word and to receive direction from that, first and foremost. William Greenhill commenting specifically on verse 26, he puts it really simply. He says, those who will not do what they know shall not know what to do. I want y'all to hear that again. That hit me like a ton of bricks this week. Those who will not do what they know shall not know what to do. Friends, if you're anything like me, I've, I've been in a lot of uncertainty over the last few months, but it's exposed ways that I think I'm certain over the years that aren't really accurate. I think I have a sense of comfort or control or security because I've, I've 
wrapped my arms around, this is what my life looks like, and I'm in control of it, and I'm steering it this way. And just personally, a lot of what the Lord has revealed in me is, I think I'm in more control than I really am, and that's been exposed a bit. But the Lord has reminded me there are things that you do know. You know who I am. You know who I've called you to be. I've made you into something new and different. And I've called you to live in a certain way. And if you will, you will hold on to what you do know and follow the God that you do know, man, I'll guide you into some truth. But when we individually and the church collectively looks to other sources for direction, we truly get lost. Friends, our day is very similar to Ezekiel's day here. And I believe many of us are looking for answers in the wrong places right now. I believe we're turning towards just the things our emotions are fueling us towards, blame, it's that person, it's that way of thinking, it's that ideology, blame, anger, fear, worry. And guys, we're looking to broken systems for solutions. I just gotta tell you as direct as I can, I don't think things are just gonna miraculously get better in a few months. I don't think we're gonna wake up and go, hey, Biden was the solution or Trump was the solution. They're not. Maybe Kanye's onto something. I am kidding on that one for sure. Um, oh boy, these are our options. Listen, wherever you lean, I'm not even trying to get political. Guys, my point is the solution is not external. The same world that is broken is not gonna present the solutions to what's broken. We just move from one broken idea to another. We look to one more leader who, listen, there, there are guys that are better leaders than others, women who are better leaders than others, but the bottom line is we are flawed, broken people. And we look to systems that we try to create to solve these problems, and they don't. The bottom line is we need Jesus. Now, friends, I just have to say to you as the church family, what we've got to be careful of is in the midst of all this, we either don't get drawn into that same way of thinking where we're fighting for ideas, um, we're being argumentative, we're taking strong, hard stances, or we're checking out. I think that's one of the things happening in the church too. We're checking out. We're not spending time with the Lord. We're not spending time with each other. We're not hearing from the voices we should be listening to. Instead, we're turning to media or social media or wherever else for ideas and solutions. It's broken and it's wrong and it will leave us short. Guys, there may not be obvious answers right now. You may be like me where you feel like you're a little lost on what the next step is. But there are things that we know. And so I wanna just remind us of a couple of things that we know. Now listen, I believe we, we see this throughout scripture, but let's hone in on 2 Corinthians chapter five this morning. I wanna read just verses 17 through 20. Here's what we know. Believers, followers of Jesus. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. I belong to him. I'm his 
and he's mine. And he has made me something new and different. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. So who I am is a new creation, and what I am is a person who's been reconciled to God. I have been reconnected with the one who made me, with the one who designed this world, and he knows what's broken in it, and he knows the solutions to it, and it's that the world would be reconnected with him, and so I'm his and he's mine, and now he's called me and you to something. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What's our job? To help unite people with God and for us to be reconciled to one another. Is our focus, is our dialogue, is our intention about finding each other and pointing people to Jesus? Or is it about identifying as loudly and clearly as we can all the places where we're divided? I'm talking to the church and how we interact with other members of the body of Christ. We are called to the ministry of reconciliation. We are a new creation. We stand apart. We live in this world. I fear that too many of us are living of this world when we are not of this world anymore. We're to be in it, not of it. Verse 19, he starts to talk more about what this ministry of reconciliation is. It's this, that in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. So not only has he reconciled us, the church, he wants to reconcile the whole world, not counting their trespasses against them. Not, here's the list of everything that's broken and wrong in the world, let's throw it in their face. God wants to redeem and heal the world and the brokenness in it. And so what's his plan as he calls us into the ministry of reconciliation? What has he done? And he is entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. He's entrusting it to us. I don't say this to condemn anybody. I wanna invite you to some honest reflection this morning, all right? Here's, here's the little mini sermon before we get into some of the details we're gonna talk about, all right? I wanna invite you into something. As people who have been given the ministry of reconciliation and God has entrusted us with a message to share with the world, I want you to consider for a minute, what are you known for? What are you known for? Think about your neighbors, your coworkers, the people you're interacting with, the folks who see you on Facebook and Instagram. Are you known more for your politics, for your stance on certain issues, what you think about a mask, or are you known for your relationship with Jesus, that his love has radically touched your life? Are you known as a person who carries that message of hope and truth and love to people in need? Let's consider that. I, listen, here's what I know, guys. Our God does not condemn us. I'm not saying this thing 
to heap condemnation on us. The enemy wants to beat us up with guilt and shame and then just cause us to pull further back. But if we invite God to talk to us about these things, if we say, Holy Spirit, would you show me where I stand on these issues and invite him, he convicts in love. He convicts us so that we can recognize something that needs to change. And by the grace of God, we can. We can repent. We can be filled by the presence of God to be and do who he's called us to be and what he's called us to do. And so I wanna invite you to consider. Verse 20 ends like this. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. We represent him in the world. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. See, he ends the whole thing by saying, hey, church that I'm writing to, you're called to be ministers of reconciliation. You've been reconciled to God. You're to be his ambassador. Now I'm imploring you, be reconciled. Every now and then we need a reminder of where we've gotten off track so we can be brought back to where we need to be. Friends, in our interactions with the church body, we cannot be carriers of judgment or receiving condemnation, either one. Friends, we all view this a little bit differently. Everybody's got a different take on how we should be approaching things, how serious or not serious things are, what information is accurate or inaccurate. And I, I think we should all be prayerfully coming to the Lord, reviewing the information that we have at hand and making the best decision that we can make. And as a church body, where we differ, we gotta pile grace on grace for one another. I need to not sit in judgment of my brothers and sisters. And I also need to be careful to guard my heart because there have been times where, if I'm honest, someone else's decision that looks different from mine, I begin to feel like I'm being condemned by them somehow. No, they have the freedom to make the decision they need to make for themselves and their family, and I do too. And so where we agree, let's agree. Where we disagree, let's have grace and love for one another. Can we do that? Okay, that's what we're called to. And then as it relates to the world, I mean, I feel like I've said this a few times over the last few weeks. We've gotta understand, they don't have Jesus. Of course it's broken and wrong. Of course there's corruption amongst our political leaders at times. Of course there's corruption in the media or in business or anywhere else. It's broken, sinful humanity. This is what the world is like. So let's be a light in the darkness. One of the things that is a benefit in hard seasons is that the light can shine brighter because people are more aware of the darkness. But if we just blend into the gray and the dark, we lose our opportunity to share the hope of the gospel. And so let's have grace and love and understanding for one another and let's be intentional to engage. Physical distance is not the same thing as social distance. I don't like the word social distance. We need to be socially connected to one another. We might need to be physically distant in some scenarios and be careful, but we need each other and the world needs us. And so we can't disengage. We can't just become apathetic. 
We can't bury our head in the sand. It's wrong. Let's spend time with the Lord. Let's lean into our relationships with one another as the church. And let's be purposeful, whatever interaction we're having out in the world, even if it is limited to your online interaction, let's be a light and carriers of the hope of Christ. So that's just gonna turn into a long sermon if I don't stop talking, because that's what I do. Okay, so there's some thoughts for us. All right, now, I wanna talk to you guys just about some updates, some, some things we're doing as a church body, okay? Um, I wanna say up front, our church leadership, our elders, we've got deacons in our church who serve and participate. Um, throughout this entire thing, we are talking constantly. We're praying, we're having dialogue with one another, we're watching what's happening in our community. Um, we may not announce all of that stuff all along the way to you guys, but, but behind the scenes, there's a lot of thought, there's a lot of prayer, there's a lot of purpose. We are not gonna make decisions based on political viewpoints. We're not gonna make decisions based on fear or anger. We're gonna do our best to make decisions listening to the Lord and looking to him for direction. We're gonna make decisions based on caring for this church body. No matter what's happening practically during this time, our hope and desire as church leadership is to inspire all of us to participate and engage with this church body and then to live with intentionality in a world in need. That's our desire. We wanna do our best to create that, to encourage that, to give opportunities for that. But I just have to tell you guys, for far too long, the American church has just sat back and said, hey, church, people at that building, plan something for me. And I'll show up if I feel like it and if it's what I want. And if it's not what I want, I'll go find it somewhere else. And we have, we have given up our role as members of the church and just asked a select few people to do it for us. That's wrong. We are the body of Christ. Individually, we're members of it and we're members of each other and we need one another. And so we should look to and follow leadership. But guys, we gotta see our part in the church body. We gotta talk to each other. We gotta reach out to one another. We need to be praying for each other. We need to be checking in on each other. If we're doing good, we should be asking others if they're okay. If we're doing bad, we need to raise our hand and say, hey, I need some prayer. I need some encouragement. I need to talk to somebody because I'm facing a hard decision. We need each other. And so as church leadership, that's what we wanna encourage. I've said this before over the years. It's one of my favorite quotes. I learned it from my pastor. He learned it from his pastor back in the day. I think Jesus meant to include this in the Beatitudes. He just ran out of time. Um, but it's the phrase, blessed are the flexible, for they will not be broken. <laughs> we need to be willing to adjust, okay? So some details. Here's where we're at. Starting next Sunday, for the months of August and September, I'll talk to you more about that in a minute, for the months of August and September, we are adjusting what we're doing on our Sunday morning gatherings. We are gonna have a combination of online services and some outdoor gatherings. There's a lot that goes into that decision. We have been watching the numbers raise exponentially in our community just over the last month. My phone's over there, I meant to bring it up. Okay, I won't get this exact. But 
exactly four weeks ago today, the last Sunday in June, there were just over 200 active cases in Knoxville. And that was like the highest it had been since the beginning. For a long time, it hovered in the 20s and 30s, and then it had a little jump into the, the hundreds or low 200s. Since the end of June, as of yesterday, the active cases are well over 1,600 active cases in four weeks. Now, do, I'm not gonna get into all the things I think about, how risky it is and, and the impact on everybody. The bottom line is indoors, more people breathing the same air for an hour and a half, you just increase the odds that we would spread it here. And so as the numbers are going up, we wanna be careful. So part of it is about watching the numbers that are happening in our area. Additionally, school is about to start back up and parents are trying to figure out what they're doing and, and what we're hearing more and more as we talk to you guys, people are still figuring out what it's gonna look like and what they're gonna do. Um, we believe a key part of what our church does is minister to our children. We teach them who Jesus is. We help them grow in their faith. And we haven't even been able to put together kids' classes in months. And we have a desire to do that, but we wanna be careful. And you guys, and I understand it. I, my family's wrestling with this. We're not ready yet to put our kids in class. And many adults are not ready yet to be in those rooms caring for those children. And on top of all of that, as school starts back up, we have to set everything up. We have to tear everything down. We have a small amount of volunteers and they're working really hard and faithfully and not complaining. But man, we wanna honor and protect the few people that are putting in a lot of work to get this place ready. And so as we wrestled through what we should do right now, one of the things that was really important to us as church leadership is we don't want a bunch of instability. We, things are already unstable. We wanna have as much stability as we can. And so going forward, we're gonna look at things from a quarterly perspective. And so August and September finishes up the third quarter. And so we're gonna look at that quarter as online only. We're gonna plan a couple of outdoor worship gatherings, possibly on a Sunday morning, maybe closer to nine o'clock in the morning where it's a little cooler since we're outside. We might look at an evening thing where it cools off in the evening, but we're gonna look to do a couple of those gatherings so we can get together as a church for as many as are comfortable. Outdoors is, is less risky um, and we can worship together and spend some time together. And so that's what we're gonna do. We will reevaluate as September's coming to a close and we'll look at October, November, and December and make a decision at that point about what that will look like. We're hoping that there's more clarity on what's happening at the school, that as a church, we are a little bit more settled on what things are gonna look like moving forward. Um, man, we're probably living with this thing for a while. And we all have to figure out on what level we're gonna engage with the world around us. And so as, as, as we get a little more clarity, we're believing the numbers are gonna plateau and start going back down again in our community and that'll help a lot. And so that's kind of where, where we're at. Does that make sense to you guys? I'm not asking if you're happy about it, but does that make sense to you guys? You understand where we're at? Okay, so that's where we're at on Sundays. Um, I also wanna encourage you, I mentioned that our kids' ministry is super important to us. Um, our church back home in Franklin put together an online VBS program. It was in our e-bulletin this week. I think it's gonna be open for like a couple more weeks. And so if you're looking for something to do with your kids, you can follow that link 
and do some VBS with your kids over this last week or two before school starts. I'd encourage you to do that. Spend that time with them. Get in God's word together. Encourage your kiddos. Okay, now, it's essential that we connect as a church. And so one of the things that's happening as we move into August is we've always reconnected our life groups with the start of school. And so as school relaunches, we relaunch our life groups. We are committed to that. What we want to encourage every member of our church body to do is purpose to get in a group. It's not just about spending time together once a week for a little bit. It's about building relationships with each other, checking in on each other, praying for one another. But we do spend time getting into God's word and saying, how does this touch my life today? How does this affect how I'm living, what I'm doing here with my life, with my family? And so we wanna encourage you guys, connect in life groups. Over the next week or two, our life group leaders are gonna kind of be determining who's comfortable doing in-person stuff. We might do some outdoor life groups. We might do some living room life groups. We might have some Zoom life groups. We're gonna figure those things out and give y'all some options. But we wanna encourage you guys, get connected to the body. Um, Another thing that we're gonna do, it'll show up in the e-bulletin this week. I'm gonna give two weeks for signups for this. Um, My wife and I host this thing every so often as a church called Foundations Class. It's a way for you to get to know our church, what we believe, where we stand, and to get to know us. And so it's relational in nature. We also get into some, some doctrine just so you guys have a sense of who we are and what we believe. And so it's an opportunity to really get connected. If you're new to our church body, maybe start there and then you could jump into a life group after that. And so sign up, let us know if you're interested. We'll find a night, an evening that works for people and we'll begin connecting um, for that. So life groups, foundation class. And then listen, I've already kind of said this, but guys, I just wanna encourage you. Man, consider personally how you can take responsibility to connect with members of this church body. Consider who you know, where you've built relationships. Consider maybe where you need to lean in a little bit more and and invest more in those relationships. If you're willing to get together, meet up. If you're not willing to get together in person, use technology, get on a phone call. Use FaceTime, Zoom, whatever. Guys, we need each other, all right? We need each other as a church body. 